0: Hello and a very warm welcome to this edition of the Africa Legal Podcast, and it's another one of our mini-pods as part of the series looking at dual qualification via speaking with some of those lawyers in our community who are dual qualified with rather interesting stories to tell. This is all part of a collaboration between Africa Legal and the UK Ministry of Justice, culminating in a series of events in Johannesburg between the 31st of August and the second of September, just a few weeks away. Now, I am thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Gabriel Onagora. Now, Gabriel's colleague, Howard Barry, and senior partner of Alana JE will be speaking on our panel at an event hosted at Weber-Wenzel on the 31st of August, specifically looking at law at an international level with dual qualification as a lovely subplot to this discussion but today I am joined with my good friend Gabriel. So Gabriel let's dive right into some questions and I'm going to start with the same as I have for the last of these which is looking at your road to dual qualification. Gabriel what did this road look like? What first motivated it? How far along on this road are you and what does the future hold with regard to your dual qualification?
1: Uh, Thank you very much for having me on this podcast, Tom. I'm privileged to be here. Um, I would say that my road to dual qualification started uh, quite a while ago. Don't let me give up my age here. but Never would, never (laughs) would. I'm sure not all the participants on the call would know who I am, but I went to school, actually, my university. was at the University of Ibadan. University of Ibadan is the first university in Nigeria And as you know, Nigeria is a former colony of uh, the United Kingdom. And the University of Ibadan was one of the first universities established by our majesties uh, in the territory at the time. Okay. And as you'd also know, uh, most of Nigerian law is also built on the English common law. So studying law at the University of Ibadan Uh, gave me, you know, a very wonderful, should I say, foundation. Uh But in doing all of that, I noticed that most of the authorities on the subjects I was studying from contract to thought to criminal law, most of the authorities were usually linked to English law. And I just made up my mind then to say that although I'm studying law in Nigeria, given that the origin of this law in most cases were English law, I would go the extra mile and read most of the text related to English law. So I was usually in the library, getting all those texts, making sure that my knowledge of Nigerian law was well balanced by the, should I say, origins of the law in under the common law system and the operational law in England at the time. So I would say the journey started way back when I was in
0: university. And as an undergrad, Gabriel, were you, were you even aware of the, the road or the necessity for dual qualification along with this kind of extra mile interest in the origins of Nigerian law? Did you know practically what you had to do?
1: Honestly, I didn't know. But luckily for me, when I was in university was the time that the internet was getting very popular. I remember during my university days going into my aunt's office. My aunt was a professor at the University of Ibadan. Going into her office, reading and Googling the best
0: 10 law firms in the world. Are you sure it wasn't Ask Jeeves? (laughs) (laughs) Let's, let's, let's. You and I are both uh, of the Yahoo or Ask Jeeves (laughs) generation. But go go on, I digress.
1: So, yes, I remember doing that and law firms coming up on the screen and clicking on most of them and reading the profile of all the lawyers. I remember that really, really clearly. For me, that was when, you know, the idea of taking my education out of nigeria started to should i say take root because i'd look at the profile of all the lawyers in the best law firms and i noticed that they were you know qualified on the english law qualified on the should i say new york law i'd gone to some of the best schools in the world so from that point i knew that after ibadan if i wanted to be one of the best lawyers they could be internationally, I needed to start to model my path and model my future along the lines of the profile that I was seeing on those websites. So that was really, really, should I say, useful for me, realizing that I needed to start to model my path just in the way that I was seeing in the profile of lawyers who I was reading about on the internet. So I knew that after Ibadan, I'd need to leave Nigeria at some point and look to, you know, attend some of the best schools and then probably qualify and then work in some of the uh, best law firms. And I'm um, where I am today. I don't know if you want me to go into all of that detail or whether or not subsequent questions will deal with that Tom.
0: Well, no, I think we can, we can cover some of it as we as we go with the questions. I mean, my, my most pressing question is, did it feel, uh, you know, when you were looking at these profiles? I don't say that at the time, very few of these profiles uh, uh, looked like you, Gabriel, or came from the same background as you. Or, um, gosh, I mean, did you even come across any Nigerian-born lawyers in those, uh, uh, you know, those early days? Those text-based web pages.
1: No, uh, you're very right. I would say that in all of that research. Um, very few if any of those that i looked up on look like me uh in those early days i've come to realize that yes the way number of those you know in the city at the time but when i was doing the research i didn't see anyone like me but I was, should I say, lucky to have grown up in a household where my siblings had become quite international in their outlook as well. My brother studied accounting. I was already looking to go do his MBA at Wharton and he would speak to his friends and they all talk about just only the best will do. So it was that should I say that culture of only the best will do that led me to, you know, go and do those research, researching the best calls and the best law firms, best calls, and therefore trying to place myself in a place where I could go to those best calls, so I could end up in the best law firms.
0: For sure, it's not a it's not a bad attitude to to frame one's life around as 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 long as it's. Uh... Possible, accessible, even. <laughs> exactly. So, so, in my case,
1: in my case, you know, from the University of Ibadan, I was very, should I say, fortunate that, you know, my grades in school were quite excellent. I, you know, I moved in right circles. I was one of the very first few set of people to have made a first class from the University of Ibadan. So, it was possible for me to aspire. In fact, I applied for my master's at the University of Cambridge when I was still in my fourth year. This was before I'd completed my my undergrad degree. So I had my admission, my first admission to the University of Cambridge by my fifth year. So I was still in school when I got that admission. Uh, other parents would have told me to go ahead and do it, but my parents insisted that I stayed back, qualified in Nigeria before then heading to the UK. So that's I'd stay-
0: interesting. That 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 advice, whether they knew it or not, knowing yes. where you are now, did did turn out to be the right call.
1: It did, it did so I stayed back in Nigeria I did the qualification, did the buy exams, qualified in Nigeria in fact, I I had a very interesting uh, one year after the qualification because in Nigeria you had to do what they call the National Youth Service I was lucky to have worked in the local government as a lawyer, I worked at an insurance company as a lawyer, I worked at one of the foremost law firms in Nigeria as a lawyer all during one year and then I also worked at KPMG but having done all those four it was clear in my mind that I wanted to work as a solicitor doing the kind of work I did in one of those law firms again I all that just goes back to you know the research that I did when I was in uni. Now, having had the work experience, I'd experienced what court sessions looked like, and I'd experienced what being a solicitor looked like as well. And I made up my mind at that point that it was I was going to be a solicitor, I was going to go for it. And you know, fate led me to Cambridge. I did a masters there, and following that, I applied to various law firms. I got off. Offered places in two of them. I ended up at Whiting Case. I trained at Whiting Case, and uh, all the rest I say is history.
0: Well, let's let's talk benefits. Let's look at you know the 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 how is all very good, but the why is often where the real meat is. So, what what benefits has dual qualification principally brought you? And one of the things I'm interested in is: look, are you Do you currently find, and I know the answer to this one, are you currently finding most value through being able to offer advice and services, you know, distinct to each separate jurisdiction, you know, England, Wales, and Nigeria? Or is the real value here in being able to fully deliver on mandates which span both legal systems?
1: I would say, you know, uh, from where I was looking at it originally, you know, I was... I, I. I did my undergrad in Nigeria, as I said before. I think the first motivation was just to try and set myself apart from the crowd. Mm. And having that dual qualification definitely did set me apart from a Nigerian perspective, right? So in a class of, say, 100 people, in fact, in a class of a whole, uh, a whole period, I mean, 500 level to 100 level. Perhaps just four, four lawyers in that cohort will be dual qualified. So for you yep. to be able to go on and get dual qualification sets you apart, make you, makes you look ready for the market. So you're likely going to get approached by the top law firms in your jurisdiction anyway, if you're dual qualified. So it's a good thing to do from that perspective. Uh, But looking at it from a lawyer who now practices English law mostly as well, dual qualification, should I say, gives me a background where I know some of the pressing issues from a Nigerian point of view. And when I'm advising on English law, uh, I know what kind of questions I should be asking the local counsel. But one point of caution. I would say, uh, Tom, this may not be something that you totally agree with, but I would say that um, typically, the way the transactions work is that you would have, you know, your transactions will be governed by a mixture of English law and also uh, Nigerian law or whatever other jurisdiction you may have. It may be Ghanian law, it may be Senegalese law. So you would need a lawyer who's qualified on the English law. And you may also need a lawyer, for example, who's qualified on the Nigerian law. Hardly ever do you find the same lawyer attempting to advise you on English law and Nigerian law. And in fact, some lawyers typically frown at the idea of one lawyer being able to advise you on both Nigerian law and English law. I have not been in a position where I'm offering both advice at the same time. My specialization at the moment is on English law. And therefore, I work quite a lot and quite closely with my Nigerian qualified lawyers uh, when we are advising on mandates. But the way it works is I have a very good background knowledge where I just need to confirm certain things with the Nigerian lawyers. I know what questions to ask. I know what issues to address. And with my experience going back quite a number of years, I'm conversant with the key issues when it comes to Nigerian law as well. So yes, there's a lot of advantages to being dual qualified. For example, for a lawyer who was originally qualified under nigerian law you set yourself apart you put yourself in a place where employers really want to employ you and bring you on board you become more marketable in the market from a lawyer who is practicing english law haven't qualified in nigeria before the advantage is i have good background on what obtains in nigeria and i know what questions to ask i know where the pinpoints are and i know how best to address them and also conduct analysis for the benefit of our clients
0: now that actually makes a lot of sense to me gabriel because i think you know even uh, if you aren't practically utilizing dual qualification in the advice you're right that it can give that awareness of nuance and culture and you know regulatory backdrop which still allows the entire process to run much more smoothly and uh, quick quick more quickly uh, than if it was um you know no awareness whatsoever i think it's it's a matter of being a useful conduit between um yourself the client and that that final sign off as you kind of put it on the Finer points of Nigerian law without having to be the person owning every single component of both the UK and the Nigerian side of things. So no, I, I I think that makes that makes perfect sense. And you know, touching upon the transaction side of things, do you do you feel there are certain sectors or or practice areas where dual qualification is is particularly useful and beneficial? Ah, uh,
1: definitely. But I would say there are some areas where it is particularly more useful than the others for example as i said to you before it is very hard or almost impossible to claim that because you're nigerian qualified and english law qualified you want to advise you know client on both but uh, nigerian law is heavily fashioned after english law and therefore when it comes to issues such as should i say financing Security, securitization, securities law, corporate finance, project finance, structured finance, and financing in general, typically being dual qualified just places you in a good position. And as you know, uh, the need for Africa today is around the development space. Uh, The hope is that, you know, Africa would, would, would actually rise and therefore financing will continue to be, should I say, a pivotal area of law for Africa. And having English law knowledge, experience and qualification just puts you in a good place because most of the law in countries like Nigeria, where the laws are fashioned under English law, will be very similar to what obtained under English law. And as you know, English law today is the law of global finance. It's the driving, should I say, governing law for most of the financing happening across Africa. And therefore, having a sound knowledge of that places you in a good stead in most of the countries where most of this project are going to be undertaken in the next couple
0: of years to come. Very sound insight indeed, Gabriel. And as a, as a closing thought here, I'm going to have you cast your mind back to the mind of a rather fresher face younger Gabriel at the very start of that dual qualification journey which does sound like it was in your undergrad years now if you could impart some knowledge that you only have now through experience to that younger man sat at university what would that advice be in relation to this journey of dual qualification well I would say that
1: you know Realize the fact that the fact, realize the fact that you're a lawyer who wants to compete in a global space and therefore equip yourself in a way that you can hold your own and stand your ground as a lawyer wherever you find yourself. So by that, I mean, equip yourself properly. Read the right books. Don't limit yourself in any way. Have a broad mindset. Keep your mind open. Do not restrict yourself to just one area of law wait until you experience it before you make a judgment call you may start off thinking you want to be a litigator but from experience you may see that being a solicitor may just be the way to go one other advice that i would give would also just be that you know take opportunities when they come and speak to those who may have gone ahead of you um, if during those university days I was bold enough, maybe I should have also sent emails and not just looked at the profile without sending emails. I know that not all of your emails will be responded to, but you'll be surprised to know how willing Some lawyers are in the city to speak to people who are looking to learn and who are hungry and thirsty for hunger. So should I say, I would say your aspirations should also be met with some kind of action to actualize your dreams when you have it. So stay hungry, keep an open mind, and go for what you
0: want. And also... Don't worry, Mum and Dad are right about qualifying in Nigeria first. <laughs> 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 Perfect, Gabriel. That brings us to close. Uh, it's been a very enjoyable conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: You're very welcome, Tom. And I've enjoyed this, and I hope that many other people would consider it. And I should also say, uh, based on my knowledge of what is going on on the continent today, the influence of English law would only continue to grow. And therefore, lawyers who are on the continent will only serve themselves well if they consider the dual qualification route. Because if you have it, already I've said it in the course of the podcast, you just stand to differentiate yourself from the crowd once you have it. So i will definitely advise any lawyer looking to go somewhere on the continent to consider the dual
0: qualification route. It is worth it and beneficial. It's Great to hear, Gabriel. Thanks for that personal insight as well. And a big thank you to all of our listeners, um, as usual. Uh, I will say that if you are in Johannesburg on the 31st of August and are interested in attending that panel discussion that I mentioned at the the offset with uh, Gabriel's colleague, Howard Barry, joining our our discussion as a panelist, I will uh, put a link to register for that event in this podcast description. If you want to find out more about what the UK Ministry of Justice and Africa Legal are up to then just visit africalegal.com and there'll be plenty of news and insight and even a free online learning course around business communication for lawyers to take so plenty to look at. So without further ado this has been Gabriel and Tom and we're going to sign off for the Africa Legal Podcast.